This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Greetings. This is Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm about to have a conversation. I, Master Plo, have you heard of this conversation? Yes, Kotor Obi-Wan. You're listening to Star Wars Conversations here indeed. Welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat. And this is Episode 37 In a Galaxy Full of Master Jedi and Sith with their elegant lightsabers and rogues and scoundrels and their less civilized blasters. Some are not so fortunate. These characters utilize what they have and improvise with less mainstream weapons. They improvise. This is the um, weapons that aren't blasters or lightsabers <laughs> episode. <laughs> That's a very specific subcategory. <laughs> uh, broad enough for us to cover in an episode. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, when you think about it, this is like our first trilogy of episodes. Yeah, it's our first story arc. <laughs> it's the OT of our episodes. They're what, like 15 episodes apart? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it takes time to cook these things up. But uh, yeah, because we have, uh, we had lightsabers, we had blasters, yes. and now we have yes. weapons, bracket, other. <laughs> so elegant. Right. <laughs> right. So the miscellaneous episode kind of you know, fills in all the gaps. So we shan't be talking about <laughs> weapons ever again. <laughs> this is a much less uh, civilized title for an unorganized podcast, I guess. Organized? <laughs> Who's organized? Yeah, the wives aren't here. We're not organized. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so, yeah. So... I knew something was missing. I wasn't being yelled at. Um, or or being made to I don't see... get yelled at by my wife. No, by my wife you do. It's, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> and and proud. Well, she is. Um, okay. So yeah. so what do we have first? Well, we're going to uh go through the order of um Machete order? Well, that's what we should do. But since we're following the... Oh, we won't. No, because <laughs> we've already been chastised for that by our wives. Um, no, we're going to go through the order that uh, you had uh, talked about. I think it was for vehicles, which made a lot of sense, where we went through the movies um, and uh, we sort of plucked one uh, a vehicle out of each movie that uh, illustrated not only the time frame that it was in, but also sort of gave it con- you know, a continuum of the story, which is which made a lot of sense. So... Um, so if we follow the movies, so starting with the Phantom Menace, and then we just sort of progress through there in the timeline. Right, right. A New Hope. Got right. It. Okay. 
So. <laughs> what? Release order. <laughs> not the, uh, oh. yeah, the chronological order, not the release order. Oh, okay. So episode one. Yes. Star Wars. Got it. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> the Phantom Hope. <laughs> right. That's the one. A new menace. <laughs> um. Jeez. Somebody should have done some research on this one. Um, right. Let's see. So, okay. So then we're starting with The Phantom Menace. Now, what do we have for The Phantom Menace? Well, for The Phantom Menace, we go back to the Gungans. And, you know, we talked about the, the Gungans on uh, the Vehicles episode and how, how ingenious they were in using not only sort of like the natural or organic... Uh, way of building items and building things to their advantage they were you know genius in the way they manipulated those things to build weapons of war not that they went to war a lot but they had them which was fantastic and so for this for the Phantom Menace we're going to talk about the uh well <laughs> it was close when I was talking about it was the uh the AT-AT but it's actually the ATL ATL so Adel Adel right <laughs> So, uh, are you a team ATL or a team Adel Adel? <laughs> I'm definitely team AT Adel. Yeah. <laughs> Split it down the middle. There you go. But basically, these are like the um, the basic uh, weapons uh, for the Gungan army. And, you know, they're handheld and they have uh, the projectile of like those energy balls. You know those blue energy balls they use not only for like their catapults and also the um the uh the big uh, transporter pieces but like little the you know little small orbs of that energy which is plasma energy yes. was uh sitting on top of these handheld looked almost like clubs you know and they could launch those and they were you know they're thrown against targets and like, um like lacrosse i guess they're yeah 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 and it was a mix of plasma electric shock um uh, energy that obviously not only took down um the uh the droids but they could also in if they needed to they could take down uh sentient or not sentient but uh, natural enemies as well or like uh, organic enemy enemies versus just uh, mechanical and the core of that was <laughs> lacrosse is pretty interesting because that's exactly the way it looks like you have they had little pouches of these energy balls in on on them during the battle they would sort of take them out place them on top of this sort of holder at the at the end of the the cup and then just launch them. And you remember, like, in the Battle of Naboo, um, especially when it first started, you know, almost like the uh, arrows would just be, like, flying through the air with the little orbs of energy and just taking out those columns of um, of, uh, of B-1 battle droids. Right. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, Score yeah, one for I the Gungans and uh, zero for the droids. Oh, roger, roger. Okay, so... <laughs> They, um, yeah, it's weird because it seems like the perfect, um, weapon against droids, but they didn't know they were going to be fighting droids, you know? True, true, yes. But, I mean, you know, luck was on their side, I guess. <laughs> and, um, just a quick aside, what's up with Boss Nass and, like, not looking like any other Gungan? Good question. Is he a Gungan? That's a very good question. Because I feel like he is, but he's a whole different, like, 
species. Like a mute of the species. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't have eye stalks. He's like got a glandular disorder and the whole bit. I don't <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Um, but maybe that's why that's, he rolls the power. That's that's maybe he's they're like he's, he's like a redhead and they're like, We must promote you to mm-hmm. king mm-hmm. because Otherwise what's gonna happen? <laughs> But maybe that's right. sort of speaks right. to exact revenge on us all. Maybe um, almost but like yes. The... Um, so, you know, the fact that they're useful against more than just machines is good for them in general. But the fact that they're so effective against machines really help them out in this battle. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure, and you know the fact that if. If it was a battle against the sort of the human species of Naboo who live above water, it would have been effective. But um, that duality of the effectiveness of their primary ammunition, thankfully, was effective. So obviously a good situation for the uh, for the people of Naboo for sure. And you know, and, you know, you've mentioned it. We've talked about it before. Where the Gungans, obviously led by Jar Jar, the idea that they're simpletons they're somewhat of a of a joke but for them to have developed all this technology and shield generators and plasma slash electroshock energy balls they're quite an advanced um society that um essentially was one of the main reasons that the naboo were able to um defeat the separatist army yeah everybody has um well, not everybody. Ninety-eight point six percent of people have a very negative opinion of Jar Jar, and about seventy percent of people have negative opinions of the Gungans in general, which is erroneous. Right. And um, I think. Not to get, like, way off topic, because we're only slightly off topic, but <laughs> I feel like we need to have a, a, a little conversation about Gungans. Hmm. And... Like, in I general? Think, yeah, yeah. I think they need a whole episode. Yeah, it's off topic. Okay, it's, anyway, it's off topic. <laughs> so, um, what's on topic is Attack of the Clones. Correct. And, um... I feel like I just watched Attack of the Clones yesterday or today. Lucky. Overnight. So, well, I mean, I was trying to do some research for once. And um, (laughs) I came across, I I was looking for a a weapon very specific to that film. And I couldn't find one. No, I did find one. Um, I think the... um, I like the Geonosian Sonic Blaster. Ah, nice. Okay, because it's like a blaster, but it's not. Mm. Okay? So, like, these things are crazy. Yes. And very powerful. They look like like stun guns. You know, with the way that it's like, whap, whap, whap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it, It kind of has that sound of like when the stormtroopers shoot Leia in A New Hope with the stun guns mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. so you're like oh okay so there's like fly people have stun guns that's cool I guess but no like they're a mess <laughs> these things 
they use sonic waves and like it's a sonic wave ball and as soon as it gets like popped basically uh the disruption of the sonic bubble causes a rupturing of the victim's organs Gee, dang right like are you kidding me <laughs> so, yeah so what's what's worse is well what's worse for everyone but geonosians is that the weapons themselves were designed specifically for use by the geonosians based on like the design of the handle and trigger placement yeah like your anatomy basically right uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So non-GN oceans can get these weapons. They just can't use, use them. <laughs> so yeah, it's like it's a terrible weapon. And like you couldn't like thunk one of the GN oceans on the head, take it, and then take them all out with it because right. you can't you fire can't. it properly. Yeah. I mean the it's the weapon itself weapon. I mean the weapon itself has sort of like a blunt end, you know, but the you know, the, the service end of the weapon is where the uh, <laughs> the bad stuff comes out of. Yeah, where the where the organ <laughs> rupturing happens. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's like Ebola in a in a cannon. That's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It seems like yikes. Yeah. <laughs> but then you think man. about it. If you think like uh, like the massive swarm of geonosians that um that could be amassed to build something like a death star then put these uh organ rupturing weapons in their hands yikes that's don't that's do not, it don't, don't do, do it, it. <laughs> step away from Bad the army <laughs> but the problem is somebody already did yeah of so course. Yeah, so it's like totally bad news. It's really not a good weapon <laughs> for anyone but the Geonosians. Right. Or Palpatine. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so um we we do see them a little bit more um in the animated series as well. because uh, mm. Geonosians are only in episode two and then the animated series. Right. But um but they're crazy. Like a blaster's like pew hits you with light and then you you know, if mm-hmm. you're a stormtrooper you die immediately. But um yeah, to think that it like scrambles you from the inside is yeah. terrible. And you know, it's not only organic uh foes, it's also inanimate or in this case droids, like electronically right. too, like that disrupts their circuitry. So it's again dual purpose, almost like the um the Gungan. Um, so, yeah, so we go from the Attack of the Clones to the Clone Wars. So we've covered, Ooh. yeah, so we've covered sort of the hallmark weaponry from the Clone Wars in both lightsabers and blasters, right? So we had to dig a little bit deeper yeah, on this one. Yeah, you have the Jedi and the Clone Troopers. Correct. Which have lightsabers and blasters. blasters. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the droids that have blasters. Blasters. Right. And the Sith who have lightsabers. <laughs> so we uh we came up with a with an interesting so what take. else could we cover? Well, guess what? The Mandalorians uh-huh. and their flamethrowers. What yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, talk about yeah. the the ability for you know, and like we thankfully had Todd from WSTR Media come on and help us with the 
transition from Boba Fett being a throwaway character to a character that not only defined... That we like to throw away. Well, exactly. But now we see with different <laughs> eyes, of course. If it wasn't for Boba Fett, there wouldn't be Mandalorian. And not only is the, uh, the man, or sorry, not only are the Mandalorian, or at least their religion, <laughs> where we see their armaments, but they're also master tacticians in that when just when you think that they're down and out, they've got something else up their sleeve, or in this case, on their gauntlet. So the uh, the flamethrower, and we've seen this across all the movies, right? We've seen it with uh, Django, we've seen it in the Clone Wars, we've seen it in the Mandalorian, where they have their blasters, they have their... Wait, uh, did Boba Fett do that? Did he not do it on... Uh, well, he used the uh, the strapping, like, not the flamethrower, right, but he right. used, like, but the multitude of the weapons. No, I don't think so. I don't think he did either. No. You know what I think he did? What? Got eaten by a Sarlacc. <laughs> so far as we know. But that... And it's a short burst, right? You've got – it's one of the tools in their toolbox. You've got their blasters. Yeah. You've got their rifles, whatever they may happen – you know, they happen to have on them. But that's like the genius of the Mandalorians where you have a full toolbox of secondary tertiary oh, weapons. Oh, my gosh. What? So the Mandalorians are like the Batman of Star Wars. Ooh, they are. They are totally. Jeez. Okay, so now we need to make a Batmandalorian. Ooh. <laughs> Trademark patent. Hashtag Batmandalorian. Wow. You heard it here first. Right. That is brilliant. But it's totally true. It's it one hundred percent true yeah. because they're versatile. They're um they're. They're relying on their armaments and what they have on them and their ingenuity to uh, just when you think they're down, they have another shot at you. And in this case, it's the, like the flamethrower. Yeah, totally. So they'll go all through all those different well, you things. You can finish. You got this? Yeah, I'm done. I'm going to go I'm gonna go make a Batman DeLorean. Armor. All right. I'm good. I'll See you back. later. <laughs> <laughs> See you later? It's like, all right, fine. <laughs> oh, that's... that's um... Okay. Well, but, uh, yeah, so... Crap, there goes our free time. <laughs> so... Oh, man. Yes, so that's cool. I yeah. Mean, I love them, um, which, you know, I think it's, it's part of the love for the Mandalorian show is just sort of the ingenuity. Yes. You know, between yes. the clan itself, between, you know, Mando himself and... All the pre predicaments they find themselves in, how they get themselves out. Right. It's very interesting. And you, you know, the 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 flamethrower itself represents not a last gasp, but like a series of options that the Mandalorians have, or like the bounty hunter, whatever it's going to be. So they have the ropes, they have the blasters, they have uh, the whistling birds, in the Mandalorian's case, which we'll get to later on, but. The flamethrower represents a short burst. I mean, they can only have so much, you know, uh, uh, fuel in there. So it, you know, it serves a purpose that hey, this could be the the one thing that gets me out of this predicament. Uh, hopefully, with the you know the jetpack also getting me out of there. So it's it's a short burst. It's not a sustainable uh, attack, 
but it's a it's a quick maybe I can get out of here with this type of attack. Right, and when you've disarmed someone of their weapon, and you know you're engaging in like hand to hand combat. The last thing you expect or want to see is them shooting flames at you from their arms. This is true. A stream of, like, of molten hot flame. You're like, I've got you now. And you go to like shoot them with a blaster and then poof. It's like you're, you know, lighting up your grill with a match or something. And it's just it's a fireball in your face. It's like Empire Day all of a sudden. Oh, too soon. Come on. But yeah, it's 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 almost too practical. Yes. Because everything in Star Wars is like a little bit over the top. Mhm. So it's like, oh, you have a, a sword made of lasers and you're going to deflect <laughs> my blaster bolts back at me and all that you know, it's like, all right, cool. But then, like, someone shoots flames at you, and nobody knows how to deal with that. Right. And that's what the two Which genius makes about it. shooting flames at people extremely effective. Yes. And that's only one of several sort of rudimentary, yet obviously very tactically uh, effective <laughs> options that any Mandalorian <laughs> may have at their own, uh, at their own disposal. <laughs> it works. It does. And... and- of course, they would know because they know it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> so, uh, what, then we hit Revenge of the Sith, yeah? Yes. The non-lightsaber blaster weapon that we're featuring is <laughs> Force Lightning. Which is fantastic as a weapon, which is so cool. Uh, again, Incredibly effective. Yes. Like, for instance, <laughs> you've got this BMF Jedi that's coming after you and, like, totally has you dead to rights. And you're like, hold my space brew. And <laughs> shock the hell out of him with your finger lightning. And then blow him out the window. Mm-hmm. Or the windu. Depending on how you pronounce it. Right. Um, Just ask Bernadette. And, yeah. <laughs> Kapalpatine. So, Mace window. I think that it's, uh, I think it's, it's an interesting um, ability. Because, um, from what I know, it's conjured through the dark side of the force. But you don't have to be a dark side user to use Force Lightning. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a dark side. Wow, that's cool. Right? But you could be light side or dark side. And there are different colors of Force Lightning. Are you serious? Wow. There's like the blue-purple one that Palpatine uses, that the Palpatine uses. (laughs) And... uh, TM. And that's like the common one, I guess. But evidently, like there's green, which wow. is used by Mother Talison. Remember Mother Talison? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's like the magic-oriented one. I guess the other one's midichlorian-driven or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, whatever. But um, so the magic one is more green, and then there's a red one. Which is like the the, the the worst one, the strongest one, okay? 
and the most powerful one. And that one was used, I think, only one time in Star Wars canon, which was by the sun in the Mortis arc of the Clone Wars. Yeah. So, um, So that's Force Lightning. And as we all know, it can be stopped or deflected by lightsabers. Ah. But the strongest of force users can use force deflection. But they have to be, like, super powerful to do so. So, like, Yoda, basically. That's fascinating. Um, he, and he did, remember when yes. when, yeah. when the Palpatine <laughs> was like, and he's like, zap, zap, zap. And Yoda, like, had that little street fighter type stance yeah. where he was like, oh, you like he can. caught like a ball of it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> or you can. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, and he, and he just kind of held it there and like pushed it back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only the strongest of force users could do that. But if you're not that strong a force user and you don't have great skill with your lightsaber, zap, zap, you gone. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, again, very effective weapon. That's not a blaster right. or a lightsaber. Right, and like, like I told you, we had some. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, and like those colors and all that kind of stuff is stuff that I I never even realized. And you, if you think then, like you said about the light side of the force, you, being able to we, not use it necessarily or wield it, if Yoda didn't have that power level or at least the knowledge of the force lightning, not necessarily using it at all. But being able to deflect it or contain it, like you said, with when he sort of balled his hands or his um, his fingers there in that sort of like container for it, uh, it could have been totally a you know game over for him at that point. Yeah, and and that's you know that's the whole that's the whole thing. I I feel like you know there's some contention here, but I feel like the use of force lightning can disfigure one maybe <laughs> mm. I don't know mm-hmm. um, because Palpatine obviously didn't look the same after no. No. using it so aggressively on Mace Windu however um, there is like I said there's some contention because it may be that that's how he looks for real but he puts on like a, a facade mm-hmm. beforehand, and now he's like, eh, "Screw it!" And so yeah. this is what I look. Here's my like. excuse. And like, Horribly yeah, disfigured like, now from now on. Right. So now he doesn't have to try as hard because now he's getting lazy. Mm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> lazy Palpatine. That could be a sitcom. I don't know. Um, but that's um, that's obviously a. Um, I don't know if you care if you're on the dark side, like, oh, this might give me wrinkles or whatever. (laughs) Um, But it's a very effective tool against anybody because even, like, Yoda, who can deflect it, was still preoccupied by it. Absolutely, yeah. And if you you follow that stream that you just brought up about if the facade of uh, Sheev Palpatine and his Raider-looking face is actually a facade, then you got to go all the way back to Naboo before he was elected as a senator, 
um, which we don't have much or any information really yet that where he came from, where he was born, we know he's from Naboo and he was just a senator uh, when the story started. Um, you would assume that that you know the, the energy or the dark side energy that is required to give him a more appealing face as he went into politics was born well before we were ever introduced to him, which is really cool to think about. Yeah, because let's be real. Nobody's going to elect the guy with the face of Emperor Palpatine. Right. No, he looks That's quite scary. No, no. That's like he's like the leper that everyone wants right. to avoid. Or, you know, the Sharpe right. of the Sharpe of of, uh, of Naboo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sharpay of Naboo. That's like his mob name. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, I'm looking for the uh, the of Naboo, huh? Hey. Um, but uh, yeah. we'll uh, so I center, think right? that, that that's because uh, nobody else. Dooku didn't look like that. No. No. You know I mean, but I don't know if he was as. It was, it was a little more even keel with his emotions, too. You know? Correct. So when he did yeah. Force Lightning, he was like, oh, here's the Force Lightning. Yeah. And that, he had the same that. color as Palpatine, too, of course. Yeah. Which but makes sense. he wasn't sense. like, ah, yeah. I get you. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think emotions play into it as well. Mm. But um, and the only thing that disfigured Anakin was was the molten lava of Mustafar. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Again, I don't know how true it is that Force Lightning will turn you into the Sharpe of Naboo, but I think that it, it's a risk that not many are willing to take. Oh, um, boom! <laughs> what a mess. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So then, uh, I don't know, if you... If you're more right than us, let us know. <laughs> it's most likely uh, true at this point. <laughs> it's also true. I, I, and people are like, red lightning? You guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from Revenge of the Sith to Solo. A new ho- Oh, yeah, Solo. <laughs> Solo. <laughs> There's a few stops between that. We'll get to the original trilogy of it. Right. Um, I think. And some truly awesome weapons that Han Solo's blaster. <laughs> oh, right. Um, I believe we covered yes. that one. <laughs> we did. We, we did. did. Um, what we didn't cover. What I meant to say was the swoop bikes. No. So why don't I talk for a second? <laughs> the Imperial train. Exactly. Um, what you meant by that is Dryden Voss's blades, and yeah. they were so they cool looking. Again? Yeah, they're called. Ready for this one? Yes. Who is... Dryden Voss's Blades. Blades. <laughs> A.K.A. Kuzo Petars. Those were fascinating uh, weapons. And when we first saw them in uh, in Solo, you know, Dryden Voss's... Uh, uh, his species has that sort of uh, color shift, right? When they get angry or emotional, you have that color, literally like the lines yeah. on his face. And from the moment that I saw them, I connected the, uh, that emotion to him powering those blades. And essentially they're not blades. Well, they're blades, but they're also brass knuckles because they fit around his fingers. 
So that's where they, you know, he's holding them within there and they're just bladed, not brass knuckles, essentially. But that energy that is coming through on the blade end is not anything driven by his emotion. It's actually powered. It's, it's, there's an energy source to that. And, you know, there's a button. They literally flick on that button and there's like a, a monomolecular energy that flows through those blades and obviously uh, gives more uh, impact to those as a as a weapon uh, in close you know hand to hand combat. But it was funny to, to to research on this and see that that was, had nothing to do with the way he looked. It was just purely a mechanical solution to giving these blades more uh, damage than just the the, the bladed edges of the uh, of the blades themselves. And uh, it was but very striking to look at as well. Right. And the other thing I've discovered about that is that you're such a nerd that it uses monomolecular. Well, that's what it is. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, it wasn't plasma or it wasn't electroshock. It's no, monomolecular. It's monomolecular. Right, right, right. Well, you know, we're trying to learn. <laughs> such a dork. Okay. So, such a um... dork. <laughs> In different colors of force lightning about three minutes ago. Shut up! Shut up! I was right! <laughs> different colors of force lightning. Like, making fun of each other's explanations. Uh, um, okay, so then what? Rebels? Yes. Okay, so... I don't know. Um, <laughs> why don't we break the rules? Yeah. And... And say, Ezra's blaster saber. There you go. That works. Because it's not a blaster, it's a saber. And it's not a saber, it's, it's a, a blaster. blaster. And that's the genius of it, too, was that how a, you know, first of all, he found the kyber crystal in the uh, in the Jedi Temple on Laval, which is the only reason right. why he has that, right? Then he's got, yeah. like, parts from, like, you know, Home Depot of Lothal or whatever, or Lowe's or Lothal's or whatever you want to call it. So it's like... <laughs> but you've got this sort of homemade uh, ingenious solution for the stage he was at. I thought, I thought it was fantastic that he was able to uh, build that weapon that served as a sort of a traditional Jedi weapon, but also fused it with um, a blaster. Even Kanan eventually became impressed with it. Ace is the place for the helpful Lothal place. Uh-huh. <laughs> now we need to do a commercial for Oh no. Lothal Add it to the list. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but yeah, the um I think I that's... think I think this is the third time we've talked about Ezra's blaster saber. Probably. <laughs> In this trilogy of episodes. Well that's true. I mean it's it falls into both categories. And all three categories. All three, yeah, exactly. Well, it's a popular one. It's a really cool one too. Um, but if you think about the the uh, versatility of that weapon, especially for you, you think like um, uh, unorthodox training that he was going through. Obviously, the purge already happened. The Jedi are in hiding. Um, Kanan is. You know, hiding the fact that he's a Jedi or had training as a Jedi, he's the most sort of trained up that he has. You've got this kid who's assembled a weapon from, you know, parts from, you know, Hera and and Zeb and 
Well, I wouldn't say Chopper. Probably Chopper never gave him anything. Uh, he wanted to just give him grief. Hey, can I have that piece, Chopper? <laughs> <laughs> what was whoa, that? Whoa. <laughs> uh, ooh, yikes. Master Ezra, believe he said. I can't say that. <laughs> it goes against my programming. Just like the um, Sith language. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I'm not permitted to use such language. Um, so, unless you ignite the saber, it looks like a weird-looking blaster. Yes. Yes. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. And I guess makes it qualify for this. Well, totally, because I... I don't know. Yeah, I but I think know. that hybrid status makes it... You know, we may have covered it, and so maybe, you know, if you're listening, go listen to both episodes and you can correct us. But um, the fact that the – and also, too, I don't know if you know that, the, the blaster part of it is a stun. It, that's the level of strength it is. It's a stun blaster, not a, a kill shot um, uh, Yeah, it's bolt. not Lothal lethal. <laughs> oh, Lothal. Lothal there you go. Oh. With Riggs and Murtaugh. Dang. Or Biggs and <gasps> Murtaugh. <sighs> oh my god. Now. We've got too many irons in the fire. <laughs> we get to Rogue One. And. Yes. You know, there was a, a couple of options that we could think about different weapons in that movie. Um, but. I thought of one. That's not the Death Star. Yeah. That's true. I thought of the Death Star, which yeah. doesn't count, apparently. Okay. <laughs> what I thought maybe we could do would be Boar Gullet. I mean... Which makes sense, because he's used as a torture device or correct. a weapon. Correct. Right. And the interesting thing... Does that count as animal abuse? Well, you know what? It's non-sentient, and that's canon. So if it's non-sentient, I guess it's a fine line, but as... We discovered in the uh, Scarif uh, Scuttlebutt podcast, Saw yeah. likes to walk that fine line. So he basically yeah, he likes to like play hopscotch on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes he's Constantly. on this side. Yes. But sometimes he's, he's on that side. Let's just let's admit it. He's mostly on mm, on that side most of the time. Yeah. 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 So, you know, as a torture weapon, but also as an information gathering weapon, I think that. You know, boar gullet, or well, they're also known as the boars. Boar gullet. Boar gullet. I think that, um, I mean, I would hope that most torture is for the benefit of obtaining information. Yes. And not just because you're a sick, twisted individual. Right, right. So, you know, so the, the gullet, as we would call it, I guess, from this point, because they're known as the boars. And. Or technically, it's the Mayran. That's the species of this of this. So is its name boar gullet? Well, it's commonly referred to as the boars. So, like, it's a boar, and in this case, it's boar gullet. Yeah. So the name is gullet. I would assume that's not that's not canon. That's I'm just sort of you know thinking that because they're also known as the boars as a species. So they're non-sentient multi-tentacled, multi-pod species that was native to the planet of Marys, M-A-R-I-R-S. And 
the reason why they were weaponized, I guess, in a sense, is that they have the ability to read minds or erase memories. And as a intimidation uh, tactic or as literally as an intelligence gathering tool, I could see how these uh, these creatures would be used as um, weapons. So I believe that it's um, unclear as to which one is going to happen, which is, <laughs> is sort of a gamble from what I understand. Right, right. You and know, because he's like, oh, we'll, just, we'll extract this information and maybe your mind will be wiped. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, we're not quite sure. But I mean, even as could go either way, it's fifty-fifty. Um, but you think then at that <laughs> point where you've got this uh, highly intimidating situation where it could lead to someone sort of collapsing and giving the information that they want beforehand. But the other thing that I couldn't confirm was that uh, how if the information is extracted. So let's take the example from Rogue One, where you got Bodhi Rook who has this information of where the um, the information came from and it's under you know it's understood or it's implied that um, Saw Guerrero got the information he wanted how is that information transferred that I could not I could never confirm I don't know does he use morse code <laughs> well that's it or a force code I don't know yeah it seems like you'd have to have some sort of transfer of knowledge or information from the, the creature, yeah, life form. Right. So that's a little bit sort of hazy on that side, but still an interesting, uh, an inter- interesting uh, sort of organic weapon that uh, that one could use to either use as a scare tactic or um, uh, as an intimidating factor, or purely just a way of extracting information. Obviously, because they can either erase memories or uh, read thoughts. Yeah, and evidently it's quite um, quite a traumatic event. Which mm-hmm. I guess classifies it as a weapon. Correct. So there's that. That works. I mean, because it does it does pretty much the same thing to to its victims that happens to Han and Empire. So, ah. Yeah. So I mean, as far as like impact on on the victims. So yeah, it's it's a torture device. It's a um, it's a weapon. Cool. So. You're excited to get to a particular episode, aren't you? Yes, episode four is coming up. But not right now. No, no, not right now. <laughs> We're going to make you wait a couple parsecs for that one. Um, but we talk entirely too much about <laughs> nothing. So um, we're going to let that digest uh, and then uh, um, come back in with with the original trilogy. Right, and move on from there. Perfect. So, uh, thanks for listening. Um, We're going to publish uh, part two in a couple of weeks. Hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks for joining us. And um, our socials. Uh, First of all, let's just say uh, thanks for everyone who listens. It's fantastic what response we've had. We appreciate everybody. All both of you. Well, yeah, and our wives. They're actually listening because, you know, it's their episodes. Um, But uh, if you like the the podcast, it would be great if you could leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or share it with a friend to uh, to expand our listenership, and that'd be that'd be cool. 
And uh, in the meantime, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Suasions on Twitter. You can find us uh, at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash conversations. Um, you can find us on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash conversations. And our website. <laughs> we seem to forgot to talk about the website. Uh, conversations.com as well. Yes. Those are all true and accurate statements. <laughs> Thank God for the spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, Spreadshirt. There you go. <laughs> we have one of those. Uh, it's been You're a couple welcome. of weeks since we've uh, updated that, but we're hoping to find some uh, time in our busy nerd schedule, Star Wars nerd schedule, to do that very soon. So thanks for listening. And with that... Listen, kid, I don't know what to say, but I guess uh, the Force will be with you always. <laughs> As the Empire seized your moisture farm? Has the Empire reprogrammed your droids without your knowledge? Has the Empire taken your speeder? Well, you're in luck. I'm Mondo Onaka of Onaka and Melch, attorneys at law. We'll get what you deserve from the Empire. And you'll get something too. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network